0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made from scratch hot meals and individual-boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nugia Dean. Today is Tuesday, December 20th. Coming up, Kansas City finally has a new police chief. But not everyone is happy with the selection. But first, some headlines. The number of students attending schools in the Kansas City area is stabilizing after enrollment dropped during the pandemic. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. According to preliminary data from the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, most local school districts are still seeing a slight decline in enrollment numbers. But Kansas City public schools saw a slight increase over the last year. The district regained accreditation in January. Overall, though, KCPS has 5% fewer students than it had five years ago. The Hickman Mills School District has lost nearly 15% of its students in the last five years. North Kansas City schools have seen consistent enrollment gains over the last several years. It's the largest in the area, with more than 20,000 students. Homeless shelters around the metro are preparing to house additional people ahead of hazardous winter weather later this week. KCUR's Zach Perez has more.
0: According to the National Weather Service, temperatures across the metro could reach as low as negative 8 degrees this week. That's prompting several area homeless shelters to expand services offered to unhoused residents. Shelter KC will increase the number of beds available from 80 to over 120 and allow unhoused residents experiencing substance abuse issues to stay at the shelter. Shelter KC Executive Director Eric Berger says the shelter is now in need of additional staff to facilitate the expanding services. We have more people, but we have less staffing. The staffing is becoming a, a critical, a critical issue. You can volunteer to work at a shelter KC facility by visiting shelterkc.org.
1: Charter School University Academy has fired history teacher Johnny Wolfe for using a racial slur in front of students. KCUR's Beck Shackleford Wanganga reports. In November, Wolf, who is white, repeatedly said the N word in the classroom. The email also responded to a list of demands made by parents, alumni, and students, committing to a wider plan to, quote, evolve and improve. UA senior Joshua Harris says he's cautiously optimistic about the promised changes. So
2: I wonder when these plans will be put into effect and how they will be put into
1: effect. Harris says he wants to see what changes the school will put in place when students return in January. We'll be back after this. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Last week, the Kansas City Board of Police Commissioners made its pick for the new head of the police department. 25-year veteran Stacey Graves is the first woman to serve in a permanent capacity as chief. But the selection process was controversial, and Mayor Quentin Lucas was among those who called for more transparency. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke to Lucas, KCUR reporter Peggy Lowe, who covered the selection process, and Ryan Sorrell, editor of the Kansas City Defender website, on their reactions to the pick.
3: How big a surprise was this? This selection of Stacy Graves, the one inside candidate. I should point out to be the next police chief for Kansas City.
2: Zero surprise. Activists were told back in October that Stacy was the one to beat, and um, they, in fact, went further when they heard that and said that shows that this process was fixed. Hmm. I mean, it was such a done deal that Glenn Rice, the reporter at the Star, and I pre-wrote our stories, so they were ready to go
3: when she huh. was made. What else did she have to say? Because, again, she's the first woman to hold this job, at least on a permanent basis.
2: That's right, because there's only been um, women in two term gigs and chief gigs in the past. So she was uh, very kind of sweet, I guess I would say, yesterday. You know, she started as a civilian, as a clerk in the records department. And so she's really worked her way up. She's quite the success story. And I talked to the fire chief, Donna Lake, who. Obviously, then it's the second of these two women that are in charge of public safety in Kansas City. That's a big deal. Jean Peters Baker, the prosecutor, also noted the historic nature of this as the first female. And <clears throat> Stacey has talked a lot about going into one of the largest problems that KCPD has, which is their relationship with the community. <clears throat> she says she wants to build bridges and that she'll hold quarterly meetings to do that.
3: What did you pick up in your reporting from around the community?
2: Well, to to go to your first question, zero surprise by anyone. But for instance, Gwen Grant from the uh, Urban League of Greater Kansas City called the decision unconscionable. You know, she said this again shows that Kansas City needs local control of their police department because this was a state board. These, These members are appointed by the Missouri governor and they made this decision basically in secret. They held the interviews in secret. They um, made the decision. We didn't get to hear any debate about why they chose this woman as the police chief. And Gordon Grant is saying, you know, we everybody in town saying we want transparency. We want community input. And so why did this board do that? I will add this one extra thing, too. I was surprised to learn yesterday some um, union members who were at the swearing-in ceremony also said that they weren't consulted. So the board didn't even go to the rank and file hmm. and ask union members what they wanted out of their next chief. So – that is uh, that is pretty amazing.
3: You know, Peggy, just maybe a final thing. When this process began, I recall there was a whole lot of talk around town that it was time to consider an outsider, that the time had finally come. It's been since the mid-1970s since this city had an outsider police chief. What happened to that idea?
2: Well, that's never been a popular idea here. Like you said, I mean, it was 1973, the last time they had an outside chief, and apparently uh, it was a pretty awful two years for that guy. So again, the state board would want to choose from the blue line within the department. And that's what they did here. Um, I will say, too, one of the outside candidates, guy from Philadelphia Police Department, he'd been there 27 years. He was really impressive during the uh, interviews at the public meeting last Saturday. He seemed to really get it. He was the only black candidate, too. So... I do feel like there was a tough choice between Graves and uh, this man his name is Buford, and so it is interesting that they did go with Stacey. They stuck to inside the department.
3: And to point out here, Stacey Graves was uh, picked unanimously, right, Peggy?
2: That's absolutely right. And from what I understand, she was uh, Mayor Lucas's favorite pick. Too.
3: Yeah. okay we're joined now by kansas city missouri quentin uh, mayor quentin lucas who also is a member of the board of police commissioners that made this pick what swung you towards stacy Graves the last couple of days
0: i think that as we looked at all the candidates we did do outreach to philadelphia i spoke to the mayor and others and uh Sean buford the candidate that peggy just described was a very good officer a talented one i think when we looked at the balance of of records backgrounds, even some information that had been out in the press. As to all candidates, we thought that Stacy Graves was not just a choice that had innovative ideas, but one who could hit the ground running without a number of questions about her past and uh, that's why i believe the board ultimately said she is is the best candidate to lead our department into the future
3: when this process began there was a lot of talk in the community about hey it's time to bring an outsider into this force we haven't had one for decades what happened to
0: that idea i don't think that idea ever died um, if you look at actually who applied to be police chief there were a, it seemed like quite a few internal candidates And as we narrowed down the field, getting to a majority of finalists who were outsiders suggested to to me, at least, that there was an interest on the board. And this is something I fought for in the board meetings that, as was noted, none of you got to see because they were in closed sessions, typically, which I opposed. But nonetheless, the board was actually saying, how can we get an outsider who speaks really to things that need to change? Some of that relates to accountability certainly community relations, and then ultimately who can have some new way to address violent crime. We all were interested in at least new ideas, new voices. It was our view ultimately that Stacey Graves, although an internal candidate, did present a lot of those change ideas that could help Kansas City long term.
3: Help me there. What kind of change ideas are you talking about there, Mayor?
0: You know, a few things that I think that she has suggested that are different than perhaps what you saw with her predecessors. One, more regular community meetings and interactions for the chief of police, particularly in the communities that are most impacted by both violent crime and the presence of policing, our inner city black community in Kansas City. That is what I appreciate, at least hearing some discussion of. She's also talked about how we can change the shifts and the hours that our police officers are working, perhaps to both better deploy and to make sure that we're attracting officers On the violent crime side, I think that's actually the deployment point fundamentally. She's actually shown a real interest first in having officers that are back on patrol rather than as many people in administration, so you have the enforcement side. But she's shown a real commitment to our Partnership for Peace program, which is actually working with groups like Ad Hoc, Uh, working with Aim for Peace to make sure that the police department is is working with them, not just fundamentally saying, we do our own thing, you do yours. She has a strong relationship, or at least is building one, with our Jackson County prosecutor, with the mayor's office and others. And that's something that's appreciated, and, and, and you've covered this for a while. It is starkly different than what we had under our previous permanent chief.
3: Now, we've never had a woman chief before, at least on a permanent basis, Mayor. How significant is this
0: moment to you? I think it is a substantial moment for Kansas City, and I think it is important change for this department. I I believe that we have had talented women officers, LGBTQ officers, officers of color who at times have not felt that promotional opportunities and advancement have been there for them. I did see in the room yesterday that there were a number of women who, who came downstairs to congratulate her, and not just officers people who worked on the civilian side, administrative folks, any number of folks that said this is a big deal for us. And I hope what it shows isn't so much just that there are now opportunities for women at KCPD, but that there are opportunities for anyone at KCPD. And ultimately, what I hope that tells the public is that the department will be more responsive, more transparent, more open to people, no matter your background, no matter where you live in Kansas City.
3: Now, Mayor, we've talked on this program with you any number of times about new ways to address violent crime, new approaches, the need for new thinking. What you're telling me today is that you think that Stacey Graves, our new police chief, she was the best position to deliver what you're talking about
0: there. But part of the reasons that I, I did was because I do believe that she is poised to put us on a path of better collaboration, cooperation and ultimately better public safety Because we're actually bringing the community inside with the solutions rather than forcing them to stay outside, as has happened far too often in the history of not just the police department, but more fundamentally, the board of police commissioners.
3: For one more reaction now, I want to bring in Ryan Sorrell. He's founder of the Kansas City Defender. The Defender is a black nonprofit community platform that focuses on justice, among many other issues. What did you make of this pick?
4: Uh, well, I think we have to be very plain spoken about the fact that Stacey Graves has been at the KCPD or Kansas City Police Department for 25 years. In this case, I don't think that that's an accomplishment. I actually think that that's an indictment. Um, That means that she's been there in positions of authority for the former regimes and did nothing to speak out against the blatant and pernicious racism, the violent misogyny, the cover ups. She's been there for the unarmed murders of Ryan Stokes, uh, Cameron Lamb, Malcolm Johnson, the Department of Justice investigation for uh, racism and discrimination. And despite being there in positions of authority throughout all of these incredibly uh, troubling, uh, uh, violent issues, she in her interview just last week said, Uh, She described it as perceptions of racism in the police department, so she wouldn't even acknowledge that racism actually existed in the Kansas City Police Department. And so to me, for someone who's in that position uh, of high ranking authority for 25 years to have witnessed the, the murder and the cover ups of these unarmed black people, uh, to know for a fact that the Department of Justice is currently investigating uh, the Kansas City Police Department for racism and discrimination and to not acknowledge that it exists. That's just, uh, you know, unconscionable to me.
3: As you watch this selection process, did your platform, the Kansas City Defender, have a choice among these three candidates?
4: Uh, we didn't, uh, which I want to give credit and uplift the work of organizations like Decarcerate KC, who actually interrupted and disrupted uh, that, that last public hearing that took place. They said that it was undemocratic. They said it was authoritarian. Uh, they said that the the people in the community weren't being listened to. They said that it was a preselected process. And I think that that's incredibly true. I think we have to stop looking at uh, individuals. I think we have to stop talking about uh, and being worried about personalities. I think that really we have to start talking about institutions. We have to start talking about systems. Uh, and the institution of the Kansas City Police Department did not indict its first white police officer for murdering a black, an unarmed black person and its 147-year history until last year. And so it has this historical uh, racism baked into its DNA, I think that we have to, again, we, we cannot ex- expect for a police chief to be a savior of the people. We have to, again, look at the history of this institution.
1: That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to KCUR's Peggy Lowe, Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas, and Kansas City Defender, Founder, and Editor Ryan Sorrell. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nugia adeen This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, including our coverage of the Kansas City Police Department, visit kcur.org. Tomorrow, we'll get an update on the massive Keystone Pipeline rupture in northern Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.